Yes, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Dr. Chalora, and I'm the Director of Risk Management for the Professional Protector Plan. And today we're going to do a podcast with our online uh, legal counsel, Tom O'Carroll from Hinshaw and Culbertson. Tom has worked in uh, professional negligence for over 20 years and he knows this area very well. And we're going to talk about some frequently asked questions that uh, he hears through his practice. So good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, Dr. Chilula. Thanks for joining us. So Tom, we'll get right into it. Tom, uh, our first question is, if a patient posts a review giving details of a case, hasn't the patient then waived his HIPAA compliance? If the patient says something false, completely false about the care, can I respond with specifics to correct him? Well, unfortunately, you, you, no. Uh, a patient doesn't waive HIPAA by posting information about the treatment. Um, whether a patient um, uh, agrees to publish their own treatment doesn't mean they've authorized you to do so, and that's the issue with HIPAA. Um, whether you you have been authorized by the patient to disclose the information. Um, and this actually happened to a dental practice in Dallas this past October. Um, that practice responded to an online review, and in doing so, they disclosed the patient's last name, and they disclosed also details of the patient's condition. The patient then filed a complaint with the Office of Civil Rights in the course of their investigation that they determined that the dental office had uh, disclosed uh, protected health information, not only on that case, but in looking at the other reviews from the Yelp uh, webpage, they saw multiple other uh, patients where they did that. And they were fined $10,000. They had to file a corrective action plan, and they were uh, monitored by OCR, Office of Civil Rights, for uh, two years to review uh, compliance with HIPAA rules. Now, the OCR also said that this $10,000 fine was a low dollar amount, and they specifically said that as a warning to others. Um, and they, they did uh, reduce settlement because of the practice's size, the finances, and their cooperation. So the lesson here is that if if a patient is um, making statements um, about their own health history and their own treatment, not to necessarily respond with specifics against them. Okay, great, Tom. So, Tom, would you say that when a dentist has the impetus to try to respond uh, on a social media platform, that he should be very wary and probably the better thing would be not to respond at all. Well, I don't necessarily advocate not responding at all. I think you'd have to be very wary. Um, the problem with responding is any specific details regarding that patient, even the fact that this person was indeed a patient could constitute a breach. But if you're going to respond, the try to look at it not as a factual debate against the patient in this online forum. 
use it as a broad message to the public. But, so let me give you an example. Uh, a patient complains about the length of time he spent in the waiting room. And in one response, they said, well, we're, they respond, we're sorry that your appointment experience was unsatisfactory. Uh, while we do not discuss individual patients in this forum, we do invite you to communicate with us so that we can make it right. Well, you know, that is a nice statement, but you might have breached HIPAA even by doing that because it said your appointment experience, implying that this person was indeed a patient. A better approach, and this is a bit of a nuance, but it does make a difference, um, something to the spec of it is our policy to schedule plenty of time between patients in order to avoid long wait time. However, due to some circumstances and emergencies, there are times we do fall behind schedule. We ask you invite. We ask that you can speak to our office manager to discuss the situation in greater detail. So there, you didn't identify that person as a patient, and it's a broad statement to the public, which is really what you're trying to do by responding to these online reviews in the first place. Excellent. So, Tom, more of a generic, broad response with no specifics is the better route to take. Absolutely. And you also want to be careful. This doesn't necessarily only apply to negative reviews. A positive review could get you in trouble, too. If a positive review says Dr. Smith is terrific, the best dentist I've ever had, if you or an office manager says, thank you, Mrs. Johnson, your words uh, inspire us, and we can't wait to see you again. You know, that, that technically you're identifying the patient, the patient's name, and you're identifying the patient's treatment. Now, that person's not going to criticize you, probably, but it is an online post. And if you recall, that dental office in Dallas got in trouble not only for that one criticism, that one uh, negative review they responded to, but also for other patients that were identified. Very good. Thanks, Tom. So we're going to go to our next question now. What exactly are the HIPAA rules? Is there any appropriate response to either a negative or even a positive review? So we already addressed that a little bit, Tom. Right. The HIPAA rules would be protected health information. And protected health information are the obvious things like name, social security number would be protected health information. But email addresses and other identifying uh, markers could be protected as well. So be very careful um, with what you say and how you say it. Excellent. Excellent. Our next question is, after a dispute involving a bill for fees, a patient posted a false post that I sexually assaulted her. This is clearly defamation. What choice do I have but to sue her? Yeah, so that's a, that's a real tough one. Um, that In that situation there, um, that is a specific charge and a claim, and I assume it to be false. That could be actionable, but, but this is where you get into a lot of trouble. As a general rule, our society will tolerate uh, patients suing doctors for all sorts of things. But when a doctor sues a patient, it can, can raise a, a, a bit of problems. In most cases, I've advised that it's not only a waste of time to sue a patient for a review, but it could also become a public relations problem that can do more harm than good to a reputation. 
So here's the issue, and that's and the the question that you pose is different than uh, than the normal case. In that case, they make a specific claim of fact that could be defamatory, and that could at least rise to the level of getting this off, asking Yelp to get it off, or writing a letter or a suit if need be. But statements that are couched in opinions are generally going to be protected. So if I can change your question a little bit, and then the, the, the review says, this doctor said things that made me feel uncomfortable, and I thought he was creepy. Well, that's going to be a tougher one. That's going to be an opinion. There's a recent case out of Minnesota, and it went to the Minnesota Supreme Court, where um, uh, a family member of a patient um, wrote an online review calling the doctor a real tool. That guy is a real tool. And the doctor sued, and the whole, the case after I'm sure it's going to be thousands of dollars of legal bills. The case went all the way to the Minnesota Supreme Court. The doctor ends up losing, and the, the court said that is an opinion that is protected. So, bottom line is, you generally don't win these cases. Most cases, it's not worth it. But when you have a defamation per se like that, where they make a statement of fact that a crime has been committed. That might be where the exception to the rule. Very good. Okay, that's excellent, Tom. Our next question is, could I put in my patient consent treatment form that the patient agrees not to post any negative reviews against my practice in an online form? That's a violation of federal law. There is a specific law called the Consumer Review Fairness Act. And the Consumer Review Fairness Act generally prohibits clauses in form contracts that restrict the ability of the consumer to make an honest online review. Um, so in the question that you asked, it was that might hit the definition of a form contract. So that's where there isn't really a meaningful opportunity to negotiate. This sort of rule is enforced by the Federal Trade Commission, and, and there have been a handful of cited um, uh, references against businesses for violating that rule. I haven't seen any fines for businesses, uh, but those companies have been – a handful of companies have been cited they, and what they're generally told to do is to eliminate it and to notify all of their customers who have signed such a form that the provisions are not valid. Okay, very good. Thank you, Tom. Our final question is, my office manager posted a glowing review pretending to be a patient to offset some of our negative reviews. That's okay, isn't it? And how about an no. incentive plan? where I can give discounted cleanings to patients who leave a positive review. Both of those situations probably violate federal law as well. I'll, I'll take one at a time. The, the office manager who has the best intentions, seeing a lot of um, negative reviews, wants to try to offset them and, and put a positive review. Um, and that, let's assume for the sake of argument, it's the office manager is not a patient and it pretends to be one. 
Uh, the FTC has stated fake online, uh, Federal Trade Commission said fake online reviews um, are um, un, uh, unfair and deceptive advertising. So um, it doesn't matter if this fake testimony, if you even put it on your own website, if it's a fake testimonial or if it's a, on the Yelp, a fake Yelp review, it's deceptive and it could get you in some, some trouble if you get caught or the office manager has a falling out with you and then reports it. Um, the second one will also get you in trouble, and that's a little more tricky. Um, it, uh, you want to, the, 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 the best way, everyone knows, the best way to offset bad reviews rather than responding and getting into a, a match, a fighting match between people is to get good reviews. And asking patients to, you know, would you write a nice review is, is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do it in exchange for money, gifts, or benefits, that's got to be disclosed in the review itself. Um, there is a specific rule by the FTC on that. So it, it, it's okay to do it, but it has to be disclosed that um, I did receive uh, a discounted cleaning or free cleaning in exchange. And once you, do, once you make that disclosure, it, it negates the purpose of the review. So generally, that's probably not a good idea. Very good. Thanks, Tom. I guess the bottom line here is to get some consultation from calling our risk management line before you take any action, especially those involving uh, legal consequences. Would you agree, Tom? And, and that's exactly right. And that's what, um, he, that's what I'm here for. Um, it's a service that you pay for in your policy. Um, and so you might as well take advantage of it. And I can help craft a response uh, that should keep you out of trouble. Excellent. Tom, thanks for your time today. Please stand by. Everyone, that'll conclude the broadcast for today. Brandon Brown and Protector Plan Incorporated, its respective parent affiliates and subsidiaries, assume no responsibilities or liabilities for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. Information contained in this podcast is provided on as is basis, with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness, and without any warranties of any kind whatsoever, expressed or implied. Brown and Brown Protector Plan Incorporated does not warrant that this broadcast and any information or material downloaded will be uninterrupted, error-free, emission-free, and free of viruses or other harmful items.